Rumors that the Chicago Bulls are starting a fire sale. Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, Andre Drummond. Can I interest you in any of them? And how did the Mavericks get destroyed against the Pelicans? Complete flip-flop from the last game. Can the Mavericks afford a Luka off game? Talk about that and more today. It's like on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. Podcast. How about the Mavericks? don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Maps your first listen today, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section. Should the Mavericks trade for Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, or Andre Drummond? Curious. Curious the thoughts around here <laughs> about those guys. Uh, today's episode is Brought to you by maybe no one. All right. <laughs> After tonight's game, no one. No one's bringing you this episode because it's just no one's bringing <laughs> you a good Mavs game. No one's bringing you a good Luca game. This episode is brought to you by nobody. It was brought to you by nobody. Joining me, as always, bringing it every day. What you got for me, slightly biased? Oh, man. Just uh, currently getting dragged up and down Twitter. But hey, just another day <laughs> in life. I'm sure the comment section is, is very nice too. <laughs> yeah. Right now on YouTube. Should be a fun one. Just is what it is. We'll talk about that game. We'll talk about the absolute awful Luka game that we just saw and talk about can the Mavericks have an off Luka game? Like, can he afford it to be the best player in the world? Can the Mavericks afford it to win games like when he doesn't have a good game? We've seen one already this year a little bit, but now this is another game where we saw Luka have a bad game and the Mavericks get destroyed. So we'll talk about that, talk about their effort and transition, all that kind of stuff. Just a bunch of reasons why they lost this game. But I want to start here slightly. According to Shams Sharania, it's finally, finally time for the Chicago Bulls. Finally. Yeah. It's been a minute. It's been, been yeah. a while. They've needed to do this. According to Shams Sharania, quote, Teams are probing the availability of Bulls two-time All-Star Zach Levine, and there's increased openness from both sides about exploring a trade, sources say. So, Zach Levine, apparently he wants a new home. The Bulls want a new home. The Bulls are not happy with anything that they're doing at any point. They had a, uh, a players-only meeting one game into the season. They're currently 4-7. <laughs> and seven. They are just uh, n- not inspiring play whatsoever, except for the no. game they played against the Mavericks where they played a really, really good defense yeah. in that one, but still, still lost. No, they're talented. Darnell Mayberry also reported. He's the, he's a Bulls writer for The Athletic. Said, one league source told me this week the Bulls won't have the same roster in a month. Change feels imminent in Chicago. Let's start there. Are you interested in Zach Levine or any of the other Bulls players? Uh, So, just full stop. For my money, Zach Levine is is an underrated, underappreciated player. Incredibly talented. Uh, Just an absolute incredible scorer and athlete still. For the Mavericks, though, really does not make much sense at all. Uh, I, I look to the Denver Nuggets. It's a copycat league. Anytime a team wins, you kind of look at the that roster and say, all right, how do we get there? The one thing the Nuggets do really well, and people have talked about this. This isn't something that I'm saying. They avoid redundancy on the roster. Mm. So they have a bunch of guys who contribute in different ways, and they do a great job of getting the most out of those players, figuring out, all right, this guy contributes this way. How do we do it? You add Zach Levine to this Mavericks team already – I mean, going into tonight's game, they were tied with the Pacers for the most efficient offense in the NBA, according to cleaning the, gu- the glass. That uh, the After same, tonight, it will not stay. <laughs> yeah, it, it won't be the same anymore. So so enjoy it while you can. But uh, 
uh, it just does, it wouldn't make much sense in my opinion because then what, you have three great scores. Well, who's playing defense? You, you're not addressing your biggest need. So Levine doesn't make much sense for me personally. Levine makes no sense on this Mavericks team. They've got enough scoring. They've got enough. You know, they've got enough in in that department. They've got shooting in, in that in that regard. Uh, and look at his salary. He's making $40 million this year, 43 the year after that, 46 the year after that, and then a player option for almost $49 million in that fourth. So he's got three more years after this one still on his yeah. contract. That, like, that's a lot. And to have three guys like that, you've got to know that those three guys are championship title quality players. If mm-hmm. you're listening to this right now and you say those three are championship title quality players, like all three of those guys together would win the Mavs a title – I would like to hear from you. Tell yeah. me. Tell me. Because I, I just don't. Like, I don't think those three guys come together. Look at what's happening with no. the Clippers right now. Right? Those three it's like those three guys are maybe the same level of player. Maybe not like Luca withstanding. But, like, you get yeah. those, those four guys together. And it's just not working at all right now no. with them. And they're not expected to win a title like that. You look at the Suns. We haven't really seen the Suns together yet. But it's got to be like that. You've got to know that those three guys can get you there. And I don't think the Mavericks could get there. Plus, think about the salary they'd have to send out to get Zach Levine, too. I mean, you'd have to send Tim Rashawn. That gets you to, what, 29-ish million? Maxie. You're like, you're 11 million short. I guess you send Maxi. Okay, but now yeah. you, you haven't really put any value into the deal yet. And no, so, I yeah. Mean, it doesn't you, make any sense. So then you've got to send, what, like Hardy? Because Josh Green's first. not even on his extension yet. Yeah. So he's still on that uh so whatever. I, I don't think they can trade him. No. But so so no, I'm out on Zach Levine. So I wanted to bring up Zach Levine because I knew there'd be people that were, were interested. The Mavericks, I'll say, the Mavericks have had interest in him in the past, right? I think this was before the Kyrie Irving thing that they did have yeah. interest in Zach Levine. This front off, this specific front office did. And so there is some connection there. And so if the Mavs do it, I, <laughs> I may respond the same way Darian Vaziri did on Lockdown Clippers when the Clippers got hard enough. So I think this is a big, big mistake, and I don't think this is going to work. The other players, though, on the Bulls, there's a couple others. You look at DeMar DeRozan. I would kind of say the same thing about him. However, $28 million, a little easier to swallow, and it is an expiring deal. So, like, yeah, it's kind of the same on-the-court stuff. You maybe avoid a game like tonight where the Mavericks get beat. Like, their offense would always have something going because of the mid-range shot with DeRozan. But the Mavericks yeah. like to create a bunch of open threes, and DeMar DeRozan doesn't do that. So the on-court thing doesn't make a ton of sense. No, DeMar's, DeMar's the toughest player on the Bulls to figure out a trade partner for because he's – it, It's just yeah, – it's not a very plug-and-play play style. Whereas even Zach Levine, is, you, can, you can be plug-and-play. The contract's ginormous, so it's not easy to trade for by any stretch of imagination. But, yeah, DeMar on the Mavs doesn't make any sense at all. Grizzlies for DeRozan. Grizzlies make some sense. Grizzly, the uh, DeMar DeRozan to the Grizzlies trade feels like when the Grizzlies traded for Rudy Gay a, like a long time ago. You remember that? And they were like, oh, he's the guy, the wing scorer we finally yep. need. It's like, okay, DeRozan's 2K better. 2K legend. He's better than Gay was then. Um, but yeah. He was incredible in 2K. The other, <laughs> I mean, he's, he was incredible two years ago when he was breaking like that Wilt record for most like 35 point games in a row or whatever. Yeah. The other players on the Bulls, though, Alex Crusoe, I think is going to be a really sought-after player. He's got $9.4 million this year. He's got a non-guaranteed, random, nine about $10 million a year after that. He would fit what the Mavericks need yeah. pretty easily. easily. Um, easily. But I think a lot of people are going to – a lot of teams are going to try to go after him. Oh, for sure. I, I've been – this is something that can be talked about at a different time, but I was talking with a friend about this today, is that we're going to enter this very strange time in NBA trading 
it's already been a very strange time in NBA trading, but we're really going to enter this time where these teams that have accumulated a ton of draft capital yeah. and trade assets are starting to be good. And so if you're the Thunder and you think Alex Caruso is good, you can outbid anybody you want. And you just have to dip into your endless pool of draft assets and be like, oh, this team's offering one pick? Okay, we'll send two because we just have so many. It doesn't matter to us at all. So Caruso would be incredible, obviously. There's just no way you're going to have enough to get him unless you're dramatically overpaying. Or so. unless you sneak in there somehow, right? I mean, uh, it's happened I mean unless he says, I own, hey, I went to Texas A&M. I only want to play for the Mavericks. Don't trade me anywhere else or else <laughs> I'm not coming. And let me tell you, Caruso's not going to be doing that. Doesn't strike me as that type of player. I mean, you don't, do you know how much he loved Texas A&M? I, I know people who go to Texas A&M, so I'm assuming right. very much. You ready for this? What? <laughs> Alex Caruso. It's like, I'll come back to oh, Dallas God. because I loved A&M so much and I want to be in Texas again. No, hey, a lot of people say Dallas is just like college but station. Some, pe some, people are, some people are saying. <laughs> but A&M's got to get rid of Jimbo Fisher. I can't, I can't be in the same room as Jimbo oh. Fisher. I can't be in the same state. You've got to get rid of him. <laughs> so A&M wow. get gets rid of their football so coach. So step one complete. <laughs> I need Johnny Manziel as the head coach. Say, if there's another firing, if there's another firing <laughs> at A&M or with the Mavericks, you know it's Alex Caruso related. And the, All right, the there you go. Course. What about Andre Drummond? Because the Mavericks had interest in him this offseason. Uh, rebounding is still an issue. Backup center mm -hmm. seems to still be an issue defensively. And there's some numbers that, that Drummond has been okay defensively the last couple of years with the Bulls. Would you have any interest in him? He's making just like $3 million. Yep, and I'll just go ahead and say it now. He will be a Dallas Maverick. Oh, because the Mavericks do this all the time. The players that they have reoccurring interest in at some point, they Derek almost Jones always, Jr. they almost always end up with at some point or another. It does make some sense. And I think if you could get them to buy into being this, like, Hey, you might play one and every like three games. If lively's out or if lively's in foul trouble, because I personally still like the Dwight Powell change of pays from lively, but yes, in games where you need size or lively's in foul trouble, Andre Drummond could be your lively replacement there like you're step in for lively and grab us some rebounds and think about the games where the mavericks have been think about the two games the mavericks were destroyed this year besides this pelicans game yeah the nuggets game got destroyed on the boards offensive rebounds were huge toronto got destroyed points in the paint because they couldn't mm -hmm. finish some some boards couldn't finish some and they couldn't you know teams like guys were just scoring at the rim because lively was out in that game so yeah, true uh, I think I would be down with it, especially at this point in his career. He's not coming in going, I'm going to start. And the Mavericks already have a starting option with Lively. He's already been – he's already shown to be pretty good. So if in that context, in that role, like I, I think I'd be interested in an Andre Drummond at this point if that's where they decided to go. Torrey Craig, also kind of another interesting name for the Bulls, making $2.5 million. He would kind of fill in the, all right, what do we do when – we got four guards out there. Like he would, he would be the guy off the bench that would be that forward that the Mavs kind of need in that spot that, that Omax hasn't really filled yet. Yeah, yeah. I think Torrey Craig would be a great addition. And also, a guy who's been in big games and played on contending teams in the in, the, in recent years. So, I, I think for sure that would be a great addition. Torrey Craig, Torrey Craig, and Drummond interested. Everyone else either too expensive or it makes no sense. Patrick Williams is another one where I'm like doesn't really oh. doesn't really make a ton of sense. I don't know what he's shown yet. Maybe he was good from three a couple years ago. Maybe the Mavericks like fix him. You know that's one of those like I can fix him. You know like we like we, I, we can fix I him. Just, I don't want to be mean. I'll just sit, keep my opinions to myself. He's making ten million dollars. He's a restricted free agent. He wants a bunch of money this offseason. So the Mavericks have to figure out what they want to pay him like throughout the rest of this year. And that's just that's a really hard thing to do. Like it just doesn't happen. I just don't know. I'll just say this. It doesn't the trade doesn't make sense in my brain because all right, 
you're not going to give up a ton for Patrick Williams. He's shown really nothing. Like, there's been tiny flashes here and there, but consistency-wise, he has not shown enough for you to be – like, I've seen mock trades where, like, the Mavericks are throwing picks and everything. No, yeah, no, 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 down. no. Absolutely not. And, uh, you know, the Bulls, like, why would they sell super low on Patrick Williams? Because in, in a world where they're blowing it up, wouldn't it not kind of make sense to be like, all right, Patrick Williams, yeah. Levine's gone, DeRozan's gone, Show shoot stuff. 20 times a game, and let's see, like, what we're going to pay you in free agency. Because – we're just not going to give you $20 million off the idea that, <laughs> oh, Patrick Williams can be good because he looked like Kawhi Leonard that one highlight. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's that's the Bulls. Let us know in the comment section if you're interested in any of those players, what the Mavericks should trade, all that kind of stuff. We'll talk about that uh, probably in the future as, as this progresses and as rumors happen and all that. But coming up, let's talk about this Mavericks versus Pelicans game. Why did the Mavericks get destroyed in this one when they destroyed the Pelicans the game before that? We'll talk about that coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host and GOAT of Fantasy Basketball Podcasting, Josh Lloyd, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether you're doing a daily draft, you're doing daily fantasy, or you're scouting the waiver wire, all that. Josh has picked a couple of players this week for us to choose from. I'm mowing with Bilal Koulibaly. Josh said he's a Wizards rotation continues to be all over the place, but Bilal has played 30-plus minutes in the last two games, and he is their future, a massive defensive option for fantasy. Guys, the Mavericks are playing the Wizards in the next game. They're playing them Wednesday, and so that's somebody to watch out for for your fantasy team, and Josh Lloyd has picked that player out uh, to highlight in this one. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. You can check out eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts to choose from for your ride or die. You can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. They got brake kits, LED lights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever you need. Wipers, easy stuff like that. Car mats. They have all that kind of stuff. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, even after a Mavs loss. We appreciate you guys for hanging out there. If you want to get more info about the Mavericks, you want to get rumor updates, you want to get all kinds of stats and info during the games, you want to get film reviews from me, all that kind of stuff, subscribe to our subtext, get it sent straight to your phone, text the number in the description, or click the link as well. All right, slightly. <sighs> sigh. Big, big sigh. 15 minutes and we're just now getting to it. Lasai. No, it's, it's it's worth it's it's, it's by design. Yes, yeah, so exactly. By design. Mavs lose 131 to 110. I mean this one is just the, one of the easiest games to ever analyze, right? Like you just, yeah. you look at it, you can honestly look at the box score and know what happened in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh 46 fast break points for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh 60 points in the paint meaning like most of them came in fast in fast break, but yeah, the 76ers lead the league in fast break points. Do you know how many points per game they score in fast break? Leading the league, how many did the Pelicans score tonight? Forty six. Forty six. I'm gonna guess like twenty eight. Twenty exactly. Oh God! So like, Yikes. M- like more than double. Like what? What is that? Like hundred and fifty five percent, hundred and sixty percent of the league leader in fast break points. Like this was just an awful. Mavericks team. They it, Mavs average like 12 turnovers a game. They had 20 in this game. Luca had eight on his own. He had six in the first quarter. Like it just was from the from the get-go. Their transition defense wasn't good enough for them to turn it over 20 times. No, yeah. This was just 
And I'll, I'll say this. I'll give the Pelicans some credit because they came out and played incredibly well. Herb Jones was an, a menace tonight. Huge. I mean, he was incredible for the Pelicans tonight. So it wasn't just that the Mavericks showed up and just didn't care. Like the Pelicans, I'm sure they had a heart-to-heart meeting after the games and some furniture got moved in the locker room or whatever because, you know, you could see the effort was much different than where it was a couple nights ago for both of these teams, really. And the Mavericks, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about this in a second, but it's it's hard when when the star player plays like this it's, it's hard to win games it's going to happen it's going to happen from time to time I, I i've tweeted out some things that people are very much misconstruing but whatever that's neither here nor there <laughs> they brought herb jones back they kicked out willie green he was out because of a of a non-covid illness i guess mm-hmm. and uh and so and then yeah the pelicans were, were they had lost the last five games so they were really motivated they got really embarrassed that first game it was yeah. like their seats for soldiers night that the mavericks do i think they called it hoops for troops or something like that. And if you get beat that badly on the hoops for troops night, like, I don't know. It's pretty bad. You don't love the country. <laughs> Just America haters. The Pelicans. Yeah. That's what it means. Uh, yeah. So they didn't want to say, they didn't want to like sit on, sit in that fact that they hate America. And so they wanted to come back sure. and they wanted to win this one against the Mavericks. But yeah, they were motivated. Herb Jones was huge because the thing that the, yeah. the Pelicans did in the first game of this matchup is they doubled off the ball all the time off the screen. Mm-hmm. Anytime a player came up and set a screen for either Luca's man that was guarding him when he had the ball or Kyrie's man when he was, had the ball and that guy was guarding him, they would just stay there, right? Like both defenders would stay there and stay right in their grill. And this, and it didn't work at all in the first game. Like Luca and Kyrie threw great passes, felt like everything yeah. was in rhythm and everything was in sync. And in this game, you had Herb Jones who kind of messed with that. And you felt like the Mavericks were pretty lackadaisical in those two. Like there wasn't effort in that. Felt like guys weren't really moving to get open in passing lanes because you, you have to be you have to get to a, a better spot for the Mavericks to be able to pass it when you have like Zion and, and, and Her, like Herb Jones there yeah. with just these massive wingspans trying to get the ball. And uh, that's where a lot of turnovers came from. Just bad passes, dumb stuff from the Mavericks, like just such an easily explained game. Yeah, just this is a easy flush it in the toilet game. Yeah. Thankfully for them, usually back to back suck, but I think in a w- weird way, like it's almost kind of a good thing the Mavericks play tomorrow night. Especially against a team like the Wizards. I mean, knock on glass. You know, no offense to the Wizards, but we've seen. Did you say knock on glass? Knock on glass. Save your ass. <laughs> wait, why is I, it not? Wait, why is it not knock on wood? Is that? The, I know knock on woods one. I've heard knock on glass. Every time I say knock on glass, people are always shocked. And I'm like, I've heard. Where have you I've heard not, that from? Is that a Texas I, I thing no, that I don't know about? I have no clue, but I have heard it before. Did Jimbo Fisher tell it, you that? Are, yeah, Jimbo did. <laughs> is Jimbo? I don't even think Jimbo's a Texas guy. I don't know. He's he I just was no, the I know he was the coach at Texas. No, me either. He just was the coach at Texas A and M. They bought him out, yeah. and he they owe him like seventy six million dollars. And I I'm fascinated that. by that decision. Yeah, I mean, getting fired and getting seventy six million dollars is. What a I want that job. What a setup. Couldn't play yeah. the. Couldn't play the. Pay the players. Nope. Nope. No, I mean, can you take any bright spots from this game? Let's try to do that. I know. I, I don't think you. <laughs> uh, is, I mean, I'm trying to think like. You know, I, I didn't think Lively played horribly, actually. Uh, like, I did notice that. I thought yeah, he played nine pretty boards. decently. Yeah, I mean, he. I thought he played okay. I mean, there's always, I guess, some things. But really, I, I just think this is a game you literally just forget about. Because you could just say, hey, guys, don't turn the ball over, you know, 20 times. And don't play horrible <laughs> transition defense. And yes. you won't have games like that. I mean, that's really it. It's re- as, honestly as simple as that. Because yeah. the Pelicans still scored in all the ways they scored in the first game. But just they had this extra boost of, like, 46 transition points. I think they had 13 
in yeah. the first game. They had 13 fast break points. So you allow them 33 more fast break points, which is still more than the leading team in the NBA gets in fast break points in a game. It just um it was just a bad effort thing. Felt like the Mavericks really overlooked them. Herb Jones was big for the Pelicans. I mean, they all, you know, it was Pretty good game for them for them overall. And also the Pelicans didn't turn it over as much as they did in the first game. That was a big issue for the Pelicans in game one. Zion was just like, it was coming off of his foot every every time he yeah. tried to drive, and it wasn't the case in this one. And they shot well. And, you know, whenever you go up against a struggling team, because I think uh, around half, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it felt like around half of their points in the first quarter were off transition and off turnovers. And it's like when you go up against a struggling team, a team that has really just been not great offensively over the course of the whole season – and you just let them get easy baskets, see the ball go into the to the hoop and transition and stuff like that. The crowd's kind of starting to get into it. You know, you open up yourself for like Jordan Hawkins to start going nuts from three and Matt Ryan hitting some big threes. You know, because it wasn't like B.I. and Zion murdered you tonight or anything like that. Like, no. Uh, was Jordan Hawkins our leading scorer? The, I don't even have the box. They're tied. Yeah. Hawkins, 25. Yeah. The box score doesn't necessarily matter. 25 for and Hawkins, 25 for Ingram. Yeah. Okay. Herb scored well too. Can I tell you something that happened to me with, in New Orleans that l- directly led to the result of this game? Okay, yeah, I'm interested. Jake and I are finishing our post game and we're standing there, you know, courtside wrapping up. And all of a sudden, a guy walks up to us, and I was like, I recognize him for a second. And you know when you recognize somebody, but then it takes you a second to realize what you like, what you recognize. Him? It was yeah. it was James Borrego. <laughs> he came up oh, and just okay. just started like talking to us out of nowhere. And we were talking about their offense and how their offense struggled in that first game. And he's in charge. He's the in charge of the offense. And he was like, yeah, we just, we got to get up more threes. Like you're just not going to be able to keep up with some of these teams like the Mavericks who took 53 threes in the first game. Like mm-hmm. we're just not going to be able to keep up with it. Well, they had 31 threes taken through the first three quarters and they ended up with 38. Jordan Hawkins took tw- uh, 12 threes in this one. I and mean, he was one of the leading minute getters. Yeah. He was second in minutes on this team. So and James, good. and James Brego was the interim coach there. So I, that directly, like they directly took yep. that, and we're like, all right, we need to take more threes. They did take more threes, and they benefited so from it. So Nick lost the game. I mean, I didn't suggest it to him. I mean, oh. was, was, wasn't, if anything, Jake did. I'm blaming Jake from Lockdown Pelicans. Well, I was just about to say, you should take credit for it. Half the comment section would say you're immediately a better coach than Jason did. <laughs> I would play Rashawn Holmes too. <laughs> I'm sure the comments Rashawn out there. <laughs> got, got to get him out there. <laughs> he had seven rebounds. Did he really? Yeah, he did. And really, in the fourth quarter alone? Did you watch any of the fourth quarter? No, I, 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 guys, I got to be real. I know I'm doing a post-game show. I did not watch the fourth quarter of this game. Well, because you texted some... me in the middle of the fourth, and you're like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, I'm ready, whatever. Just send, just, send the, just send the leak, and let's get it going. There were some great in-season tournament games tonight. So, I mean, what is, Like you said, there's just nothing to take away from a game like this. There's genuinely yeah, nothing. It, well, okay, coming up, I do want to talk about one thing, though. Can the Mavericks afford an off-Luka game? Can Luka have an off-game like this, this season or ever, really? Let's talk about that coming up. Today's episode brought to you by Ibotta. Ibotta is an app that helps you get money. That's it. You want money? You can get it from Ibotta. You don't get points. You get cash back on tons of stuff, including your Thanksgiving feast. If you know you're putting it together, you're the one, like all of a sudden, a lot of you, like me, are like, Late 20s, 30s, you're like, have your own life now. You have to contribute to Thanksgiving. You can't just show up with nothing anymore. You can't just show up with yourself and like napkins. You've got to produce. And so if we're going to produce, starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop where you shop, 
and upload your receipts at like uh, places like Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, other places that uh, produce, all that kind of stuff. Check it out. Download the Ibotta app. Use the code LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. It's already started, already ready. Go to the App Store. Go to Google Play. Download the free Ibotta app. Use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A. The CEO of Ibotta listens to Lockdown Pelicans. He told Jake Madison that. That was pretty cool. Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. Use the code LOCKED. Shut it down! Let's go home! All right, Slightly, let's talk about Luka Doncic. Awful game. I mean, just awful game from him. Like, honestly, the worst game he's played this year. Worst game I've seen him play in in a long time. He finishes the game just playing 26 minutes. I don't think he stepped on the court in the fourth quarter at all. Five of 16 from the field. Uh, an airball three, where if Luca has an airball three, it's just a really bad sign overall. Yeah. Eight turnovers total, only scored 16 points, only two assists in this one. Let's talk. Let's start with this. Can the Mavericks themselves afford an off Luca game like this? Can they win when he has an off game? Well, first, I, I just want to again shout out Herb Jones because he was really good in this game and did a great job on Luca. Um, I think they can afford a, a bad Luca like shooting performance and like a kind of high turnover game. I mean, they beat the game against the Bulls. Yep. Luca didn't shoot well, but I still thought that he impacted the game in many ways. And I thought he was, you know, locked in defensively. You know, he was, and, the, he uh, shot the same. He was five of 16 in that game as well. Yeah. And, and they, they pulled out a win. So I think like with Kyrie, he had 10 assists in that one though. Big difference. Yeah, exactly what I was about to say is, is he, uh, he impacted that game in other ways. I mean, just the reality is no, I don't know. Even regardless of how a team's constructed, when a player has a ball in his hands as much as Luca does, and he performs this poorly, shooting and uh, you know turning the ball over, I, I don't know if any team can survive that. Really, I mean, and this was this was like one of the worst Luca games you, I've ever seen. So it's not like it's the it's it's not like it's like his on par for his like you know substandard games. This was just like really low. It was really bad. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just a really bad Luca game, and I don't think they can afford a this bad Luca game. I think they can afford an off game, like you said. The, yeah. the Chicago game, perfect example. Shot the same, scored eighteen points in that one. Went to the free throw line a couple more times than he did tonight. But ten assists, six turnovers, so still a lot of turnovers. But he got the ten assists. Like he, he impacted the game in different ways. He played forty minutes in that one. That's probably a big difference. In it, but he affected the game in different ways, and the Mavericks got contributions from other guys besides him. The the Bulls tried to do the thing where they get the ball out of his hands, and the Pelicans tried to do that a little bit too in this one. But nobody else, I felt like nobody else was really stepping up. Grant Williams had what seven threes in that game. He was just getting wide open threes in this one, in Mm -hmm. that um, in that Bulls game, and uh, and yeah, uh, Tim Hardaway had twenty four off the bench. And that was so you have to have other guys step up. They just didn't have that in this one. Like this, this to me felt like a game. It would be awesome if Kyrie had stepped up and scored like 35, you know, and, yeah. and really was. But they also lost on defense and the turnovers and defensive like transition. So yeah. it wasn't just on, well, if only Kyrie would have stepped up, they would have won this game. Like maybe it would have been closer, but they lost in other areas. Well, yeah. And I have to say, because I tweeted out some opinions about, because I think Luca, on top of being. Uh, shooting poorly from the field, those games are going to happen. Like those games happen to every player who's ever played in the NBA. And especially for a player like Luca, who, I mean, his shot diet is insane. And that's, that's who he is. He, he attempts tough shots because he's so good at making tough shots. He's going to have bad shooting nights when, he, you know, he has the ball in his hand so much and he throws the passes he has, he's going to have high turnover nights. His effort was really bad tonight. Like I, I just, I need to say that. 
it wasn't just all of those things. He he was really bad defensively. He did not get back on defense. The team as a whole was really bad defensively. Bad. So I'm not just blaming it on Luca, but the rotations were terrible. You could just tell that he he would he would lose his guy from time to time over and over again. And those are the games that the Mavericks absolutely cannot have from Luca because it just it changes everything. And that's why I say those things about Luca where he can't have games like tonight. That's what I mean. He's gonna have bad shooting games. He's gonna turn the ball over. These things happen. No one's saying they never happen. It can't be the whole like, oh, I'm not getting up the court now, or uh, I'm I'm pissed off on offense. I'm gonna try to bait for a foul or throw a lazy pass, or I'm just not focusing on defense. And my guy just ran in for a putback dunk, or he just floated to the corner and it's a wide open corner three. Those are the things that can't happen. And you know, uh, hopefully Luca realizes that soon. That's just really it. That that's my criticism. And people for some reason just think. I'm saying Luke is the worst player in the world when I say stuff like that. There's a responsibility and an expectation with being one of the top five players in the world. He wants to get to best player in the world, where Jokic is right now. Can't have a game like this, right? Jokic didn't have a game yeah. like this all last season. He went two of ten in a game, and I was like, oh, he went two of ten in a game. They won that game. <laughs> it was like yeah. he, he affected the game in other ways. They won. Like they, they won. Like it, he can't have a game like this. Just really can't if you want to be the best player in the world because the best player in the world doesn't have games like this. Yeah, and Luca deserves those expectations. This is what people like. If you want to put Luca on that pedestal, where anytime if you say something bad about Luca, people try to attack you, those people always have Luca on the pedestal. That's what comes with the territory. You have a game like this, you're going to get criticized. It's going to say, hey, can't have games like tonight. I was saying, like, on, on Twitter and on my stream, like, if I'm a coach and I have a player playing, I know it's like a super friendly, you know, coaching league and kid is friends with all the players and stuff like that. And that, that has its benefits. So I'm not trying to like bash kid, but I'm saying like, if a, if your star player is playing that poorly and has that low of an effort level, I, I mean, at some point I think you almost just have to bench him and just say, all right, I can't ride with you tonight because it's, I just have to send a message to the team that this type of effort is inexcusable. And I think if you're the best player on the team, you're the de facto captain, whether or not you actually want to be the captain, you are the de facto captain. The team's always going to go as you go. And when the effort level is, is as bad as it was tonight, and, and in his credit, he hasn't really done this this season. This is like the first really bad game. Yeah, right. Even in their losses, it, it wasn't this bad. And, and no. Luca, other like I said in the Bulls game, he impacted the game in other ways. But and, the effort just can't happen tonight. Like, and maybe Kid looks at this game and throws it out, like you were saying before. It's like, hey, there's nothing really to take from this game. It just wasn't going to happen. We just throw this game out. Maybe we try, they tried zone. Like they tried some other stuff. Like they tried some different lineups. Uh, just nothing was working for him. They tried like a weird small ball with with Seth and Hardy and like Exum and Luca. Luca was the five. <laughs> yeah, they tried some of that kind of stuff. But this was one of my complaints last year about Jason Kidd. All right, you came in here because you can talk to Luca. Mm-hmm. So these type of games, who gets him out? Who, get, for lack of a better term, who gets his head out of his ass? Right? Like who who yeah. does that? It's a second ass mention. Like Isaac Isaac <laughs> leaves the show and we're just like out here. Just <laughs> locked on after dark, baby. Out here rampant. <laughs> but who who does that? Like who gets Luca out of these sort of funks? Who gets Luca to all right? You, you can't have that defensive you know transition mistake if you're going to also not shoot well. If this is going to happen, right? Like who does that in in moments? It's a regular season game. Maybe kid doesn't want to play that card just yet, but he's got to play it at some point. And I'm not sure that he has. And I'm not sure that he did it last season because it kept being a problem over and over again, right? Like, There's no way it, he did it last season. Right. And so when is he going to play it or does he even want to play it? Does he think he can play it? That, that's, the, that's the question I have about a game like this. Again, one regular season game, yeah. you flush it, you move on, but it's something to watch. If a game like this happens again with Luka, what does Jason Kidd do? How does he respond? What does he do? How does he get Luka to be the best that he can be? That's what coach is for, right? Like, Imagine all the coach movies. They'd get their players to be the best that they can be, right? And where is- yeah, have you ever seen Friday Night Lights? 
Oh, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. <laughs> I would follow Coach Taylor into like a dark cave. Has kids seen that movie? We need to get in, in contact with him. <laughs> I bet if we tweet about it enough, he'll watch it. Yeah. He should watch the show instead of the movie. I've never seen the show. The show is great. I love the show. I have an unpopular opinion about sports movies and shows that I just want to share. It's not really a sports. Well, it's like, yeah. it's like Ted Lasso where it's like the sports is part of it, but it's not really like what the show is about. Yeah. yeah. I just don't like show uh, sports movies more often than not are just so beyond corny to me that it's hard. It's hard. Unless it's luck of the Irish. And then it's like, that's perfect. Right in the sweet spot. Was that a Disney? Was that the Disney channel? That's the Disney movie? channel original movie where that guy turns I, into a leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that movie when I was a kid. I used to actually like that movie a lot. That was a great one. That was one of my favorite yeah. Disney channel original movies. Basketball movies are typically better than like football ones, in my opinion. Well, it's much more contained space, so you can yeah. you can film stuff more. Whereas like football, it's just really hard to make those moves look like they're real. Yeah, and they always hire people that have clearly never played sports, <laughs> and it just really takes you out of it. Uh, there you go. Let us know in the conversation what you think about the Bulls rumors and guys like that. We'll be back tomorrow. Slightly and I will talk about the Wizards game if the Mavericks lose this Wizards game. Oh my, we might start recording during the fourth quarter <laughs> we'll disable the, have to disable the comments <laughs> punt we'll just punt on the comments altogether <laughs> yes they will not be you will not be commenting on that video oh my god thanks for joining us but on lockdown thanks for joining us on lockdown maps peace out boom